Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hatbashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,850 miles southeast of me, is Mr. Kip Fisher, and we are coming to you live for, I believe, the 132nd time. I'm not at the notes. Yeah, 132nd time on this third day of December, Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. My esteemed and slightly under the weather co-host is Mr. Kip Fisher, who I will gladly welcome into the discussion this evening. How you doing, buddy? Well, I've been better, but I suppose it could always be worse. I'll take the cotton balls out of your nose. You'll sound a lot, a lot <laughs> uh, more normal. Yeah. If I could get anything else out of my nose, I would. <laughs> well, there's a pleasant conversation. <laughs> That's an awesome way to kick off a show. <laughs> uh, see, the way I figure is uh, you've, got all this, you've got all this congestion. You might as well uh, just stick the cigar of the week right up there and just give a good toke on it. If you're not going to taste it, at least just put it straight in your nose, see if it works. Yeah, I um, I have a container of menthol nasal snuff that will give me about 15 minutes of a clear nose, but it also... Yeah. Brings about several sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was thinking a, a couple direct sriracha shots or uh, some snuff might might clear you up for recording. But wasabi doesn't do too bad a job. Yeah, good old horseradish uh, it'll work. Yeah. Although I can't imagine there's too much horseradish in the Dominican Republic. No, not just a great deal. You can get it. We're finding you can get. Most stuff, if you look hard enough. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd imagine that after gosh six seven months, you'd uh, you'd have a pretty good eye on things. Yeah, things how, are progressing. How was Thanksgiving for you? It was good. Be yeah. proud of turkey, even. <laughs> Although we did discover one thing we can't apparently get here, and <laughs> that's peanut oil. But we opted for corn oil, which is a little different, but it worked well. Nobody died. House is still standing. No fireballs. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've i never deep fried a turkey. I'm sure that I've had deep fried turkey, but I don't have any memory of it. This is um, the first, first one I had done personally. Is it is it imparted with flavor from the oil or you're just using peanut oil because it's great to fry with uh, the peanut oil will, will flavor the skin predominantly because it kind of just singes the skin and locks everything in which keeps it extremely moist in comparison to something from the oven hmm. it's like uh, it's almost like turkey chicharrones <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the skin the skin is just it, it, it sears Glass. it. Yeah. yeah. It's not hard. You can eat it. It's, I mean, it is in comparison to the meat it is, but it's not, you're not going to break a tooth on it or anything, but it does take some gentle care putting it in and out of the oil. Well, I, uh, I've always been curious about it. I, I kind of figured that it would probably help liquefy that layer of fat under the skin just perfectly. And uh, be a self-basted turkey, really. But yeah, we we injected it with a sriracha sauce, actually not sauce, but a, a concoction that had sriracha in it. Hmm. Just injected it down into the meat and then fried it. And it 
It came out good. Very nice. That's uh, it's pretty cool. Any can you able to find any of the fixins down there, or is it not a normal yeah, thing? To everything eat? except typical sweet potatoes. We had huh. to use batatas, which are what the, the Dominican people call sweet potatoes, but they're they're white like a potato, and they're they're to, to our tastes are somewhere in between. They're not quite as sweet as a sweet potato, but they're not as starchy as a regular potato. They're kind of a sweetened white potato. Hmm. Uh, But with all the other stuff that goes into it, it basically tasted about the same. My wife and I uh, were friends, fans of... uh, Cooks Illustrated or America's Test Kitchen, Cooks Country, all those different iterations of the same company. And um, they have a a recommendation for sweet potatoes where they basically just say um, sweet potatoes steamed in a mixture of cream and butter makes just about the best potato flavored sweet potato that you're going to find. You don't boil them first. You don't you don't uh, soak all the sweet potatoes in that, uh, or I should say submerge all the sweet potatoes in that liquid mixture. You just take like three quarters of a cup of cream and a stick of butter and you melt it down and you put your chopped sweet potatoes right in there and hmm. uh, just steam it away nice and slow for 45 minutes or something. And holy crap, it was spectacular. Cool. Barely any sugar, but it was it was the best sweet potato mashed potato thing i've ever eaten just such a great potato flavor really really good cool <laughs> i might uh, i might have to do that on a regular basis and moving forward that was that was my favorite thing of thanksgiving this year believe it or not hmm. which wow thanksgiving was a week ago yeah that's mind blowing this week has just flown by yeah hmm. Well, we uh, we got a cigar of the week from you uh, that we can talk a little bit about. Yeah, I will not be smoking it. But, uh, I can talk a little bit about it beforehand, and you can talk about it as you smoke it. I think that's a fantabulous idea. Cool. Well, the uh, cigar Craig is smoking this week is from Asylum. It's called 99 Problems, and uh, it was kind of a... An, a peculiar release. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of years ago now and it's an oddball in that it's a Lancero in the asylum 13 line, which is predominantly some of those bigger ring gauge cigars um, that they're kind of famous for in that line. And so it, it stands in pretty stark contrast to the other, to its other brethren, but uh, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. It, although it is manufactured in Honduras at Christian Eros El Aladino factory. And the uh, story behind it says that Tom Lazuka, uh, one of the owners of Asylum, asked Christian how many Lanceros would fit into an ogre box. And the ogre is this ginormous 70 ring cigar that comes several to a box. And I think you have one, Craig. I do. And, uh, and I do too. Sent in from a generous listener. And uh, the answer to that question is how many 
Oh, wait, how many Lanceros would fit in an ogre box was 99. So I picked the name 99 problems. Of course, it also references a, a song that's out there. And uh, they only made 500 boxes of 99 of these. So it's not a tiny run, but no, it's not huge, not regular production. I haven't seen any on the shelves in quite some time, but they were around for a while. And they ran about seven bucks at the time uh, at retail, where I well, bought mine anyway. I uh, right away there's there's a few spectacular things about this cigar. One, the wrapper is stunning. Two, there is the most amazing pigtail that I've ever seen. So I just tried to unroll the pigtail, which is coiled at the head of the cigar, and it unrolls to no joke if you if you're a fisherman and you're looking at monofilament it, this is probably like a an 18 pound monofilament 16 pound monofilament this thing is maybe a 32nd of an inch in diameter this little <coughs> tiny little strand of tobacco you can probably barely notice it if you're if you're on the uh, video right now i'm holding up a little piece and it's uh, broken into three or four pieces but I can stretch this out. Looks like one of the pieces is about three inches long, and there's two others left. So maybe six inches of, of this little string of tobacco wound up to maybe a three-eighths inch, quarter-inch diameter little uh, beehive at the head of this cigar. It's just stunningly constructed. Stunningly constructed. Did you measure the length? <clears throat> you know what? I did not. Um I have already ashed this a little bit, and I am at six inches. So I'm going to say that it was a solid seven. Okay, that's what it's supposed to be, seven by 38. Nicaraguan Habano wrapper and Nicaraguan internal components. So as I mentioned, it is a puro. Well, it's. Uh, I would not have guessed Habano on this. It's pretty dark. It doesn't seem to have that natural... Uh, rosado hue that Habano can take on when you're processing it a lot. Mm -hmm. But maybe when you get into it, you can see that there are some of the rougher characteristics when you really look down at it. It's just been processed to a solid Colorado, maybe even close to a Maduro, that uh, I just think it, it, it took a lot of the uh, uh, the texture and heft out of the, uh, out of the leaf, and they rolled just this Man, it's just a it's a stunning leaf on this thing. I, I'm really surprised. For Habano especially, I'm really, really surprised as to how it looks. And I'm not usually a big appearance guy on cigars, but this is this uh kind of knocks my socks off a little bit. I gotta give Aurora some credit. This is a this is a well produced cigar. Right now I'm taking off about an inch of the wrapper right at the foot as I'm smoking it. And oh, surprise, surprise! Kip is laughing at me. <laughs> you just cannot resist. No, it's everybody should do this. Figure out what uh, components you like of the cigar, what components you you don't like, what it does with or without that wrapper. No, you just run a, a nice sharp um, cutter around it, and you can get a nice, very even cut line, and then you just peel off above it. It's great. See what that cigar brings to the table. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, I'm in the first third, and I, I, I find that this thing is it's deep. It's got some richness to it that reminds me a little bit of the, the Tatuaje um, uh, Reservas when you get that, that deep espresso kind of mixed with a, a slightly sweet nutty flavor, really, really oily nutty flavor, like a, a cashew or a, a macadamia nut. Um, it goes well with that depth and, um, it just, it really is oily. I was going to say, Oh, sorry. I just smacked the mic. Um, I was going to say that it was, um, um, an incredibly creamy cigar, but it didn't taste creamy. It just had that palate coating creaminess that just was absolutely, um, like melted butter or oil. It just coats your palate. Really, really a, a unique texture to it that you can totally detect. I totally agree with the nuttiness. Uh, that's one of the things that, of course, not tonight, but in my memory uh, from all the past ones I've had, which is several, <coughs> that was a predominant thing throughout much of the cigars for me. Um, you sent uh, You sent this package... I don't remember if this was in the latest package that I got a few weeks back or if this was in something you sent a few months ago, but I know that I smoked the other one of these. Yeah, this was, that one would have been maybe not even the last one I sent before moving. It's, it's maybe early this year. This is, uh, I didn't think it was recent because I, I don't know when I smoked the other one of these, but uh, I know it wasn't this week, I'll tell you that. So my memory's slightly fresh. Well, I should say slightly new. Um, I don't have much to lean back on, although I don't recall anything negative the last time I had it. So, hmm. the only thing, I, only negative experience I've had with them that has happened, I won't say consistently, but a number of times, has been combustion. They 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 tend to be a little bit finicky and like to go out. There you go. I, I, I literally was grabbing for my lighter when you said that. I uh, I didn't think that I was talking too much, but this no, cigar was telling it, me otherwise. It has been a, a regular issue for me with this cigar, is having to relight a number of times. Well, I, uh, I keep all the packages that I'm getting from people um, segregated. Uh, everything that I get for half ash segregated into shipments. Um, so that way I don't mix up or I know which came from who. Um, and I noticed that my humidor has gotten a little drier as we've kind of made our way into winter here in the Chicago area. And so uh, even though my humidor is not dry, it just hasn't had water added to it in about a month or so. Um and so I'm noticing that a couple of these plastic bags that had, you know, cigars in them, the plastic bag rolled over, stuffed in a two-gallon plastic bag with all the packages that I've gotten from you, that these cigars were slightly on the dry side. Certainly smokable. They just were not, you know, as moist as when something's coming to you from Florida. Um, and uh, this still is has had that slight combustion issue. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it is about them. But they, they, like I said, they've just been finicky. And it's not every one of them, but it's enough that it seems to be a pattern. Hmm. 
Well, I cut this just a little bit too deep. I can see that smoke when I take a puff just uh, kind of comes out well, of the. That'll put it out. Out of the uh, well, but I'm it still draws perfectly, and I get smoke when I'm smoking it. Mm-hmm. I'm just noticing that it's the come. Uh, excuse me, the smoke does come through that cut line in just one area. So I went a little bit too deep on that. There's something you need to watch out for. Well, along with uh, with this Cigar of the Week, thank you. I don't have much experience with uh, a lot of the Asylum sticks. We got a bit of a light show tonight, actually, especially with you being under the weather. But we do have an incredibly important and just as unexpected of an update from the FDA regarding premium cigars. So stick around. You'll want to hear about that and what else we've got going on and cigars we've smoked just like every week. So we uh, look forward to taking you along for the ride with us. Boom. Yes, sir. We got a couple of just quickie kind of items here, just more <laughs> enunciatory than, than hard-hitting news coverage. But um, got the email from my local shop when I was based out of Tampa this past week that uh, the Oliva Series V Maduro for this year has landed. They have them in stock. And uh, in a move that doesn't particularly interest me, for the second year in a row, this is a 6x60 Vitola, <coughs> which is fine. That's a huge selling cigar, just not, not my cup of tea. And uh, has a San Andres wrapper. It actually, all the specifics that have been given are identical to last year's, with the exception of the price. They, uh, the MSRP moved up 50 cents a stick from 950 to 10 bucks, which is still significantly higher than previous years. Um, but uh, this this shop, my old Tampa shop, actually sells them for basically the old price uh, and even a discount on the box. And I would imagine lots of shops are doing the same thing rather than selling at the MSRP. You know, I, uh, I really think that a lot of manu- a lot more manufacturers are really creeping towards that $10 a stick range on purpose. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, there's, it's probably going to be a reason why we start seeing larger cigars on the market and a lot less smaller cigars. It, uh, quite frankly, not to immediately take this to the FDA, but if that's the case, then, um, uh, boy, oh boy, the way of the Corona is either going to get very expensive or very unfortunate. Yeah. And you're going to see an end to all these limited releases too. Well, yeah, that's, (laughs) Who wants to invest that kind of money in something to one-shot deal? You know, I almost wonder if, and this is probably more obvious than anything else, but even if you, you're you a, a massive corporation and you're looking at um, putting out a, a once-a-year annual special release because let's say that the market is just completely dry of them, you think, you're Fuente, you think, well, hey, we can put this out and we'll hit it out of the park because... Um, nobody else is doing it. So limited cigars are really going to be sought after. And so you put out a Petit Corona for $7 or $8, you know, a a nice profitable 
price for a five inch by 42 or five inch by 44 ring gauge cigar, I got to imagine that you're going to run out of tobacco potentially. Like how much product do you have to give them for testing? That has to be taken into consideration too. If you've got a limited number, a limited amount of tobacco, enough for 50,000 cigars, are they going to have to get 10,000 cigars worth of tobacco? I, I mean, I don't know if that's ever been established, what they're really going to be looking for. Can they do what they need to do with one box, you know, or do they need uh, to test for consistency? I, I wonder. Who knows? You know what? They probably don't even realize it. No, not at all. Hmm. I mean, I don't. none of that's been explored. I mean, the people creating the rules don't know what's behind it, and the people on against the rules don't know what's behind it. It's like everything else. We have to make it law so we can read it. Well, that's there's more truth to that than uh, I'd care to be happy about. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, some info from uh, your good buddies and not mine, Casa Fernandez. <laughs> I don't even know anybody at that company very well. Oh, sure you do. I just like the cigars. Yeah, they are expanding the JFR line. And for those not familiar, JFR stands for Just for Retailers, which is a line they put out several years ago strictly for that purpose. They specify they don't want these sold online. They don't want them blown out here and there. These are just for brick-and-mortar shops. And uh, although I have seen them online, yeah. it happens. Um, but in this line, this, this JFR, not all of them. They have some smaller ones, but it to my for my memory, this was the first seven by seventy that I ever saw, and it was years before this became a trend, like it has in the last year and a half or so. Um, but they 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 tend to like the bigger cigars in the JFRs, but they're putting out a uh, more reasonably sized seven by fifty. Which is still, you know, by my standard, a pretty dang big cigar. Um, it's going to be made at their Tabsa uh, factory in Esteli, and this one's going to be a little bit different, uh, aside even from some different packaging and whatnot, to, for the other part segments of the JFR line. It's going to have a shaggy foot, uh, like in just a, a length of uh, binder and filler that extends past the wrapper which is always fun for me. Uh, I, I like that for whatever reason. And it's going to retail for about eight bucks. Should be shipping this week. So if you got a, a retailer nearby that carries the, the JFR, uh, then should be able to get your hands on these. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> was thinking about it and looking back even through some old photos here while you were just talking. In 2008, <laughs> I was... Uh, a regular at a shop that had a very large contingency of JFRs. This looks like that was from 2008. So this, uh, that release has got to be at least seven years old. Not that release, excuse me. Um, that marca has got to be at least seven years old, if not older. Yeah. That has definitely been around for a long time. I'm really surprised. I, I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. I should say this is part of the JFR lunatic line, which is kind of a segment of the JFR. JFR is kind of an overarching thing. 
You know, I do have to admit, I did reach for a lot of those JFRs. Their price was great back in the day, and they did not seem to be uh, uh, teeth-kicking strong. Right. I have not had the Lunatic line. i got to imagine that that has uh, all the perceived level of, uh, uh, of strength to it. Yeah, this, uh, looking through the, once again, the wonders of the Google, the JFR looks like it launched in 2005. Well, there you go. So that is a 10 plus year old line now. That's shocking. It's crazy. Huh. Yeah. And our final announcement, uh, final announcement announcement for tonight and in this series, um, Quesada has, is releasing the final allotment of their España Petit Bellicosos for this year. Um, for the remainder of the year, or the, the earlier portion of this year, up until this point, they've released a box of 100 to a selected retailer um, sprinkled around the country here and there. I think you had one near you, right? Casa de Monte Cristo, didn't they have one one month? I did, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, there are going to be two boxes of 100 sent out in December, one to Mickey Blake's in Connecticut, and the other to Tobacco Plaza in New York. And so those are your shops, and you appreciate those in the way that Greg does. I imagine you want to make a phone call or two in the next few days. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have one of those. That's that little bitty short guy, right? The Petit Bell Coastal? Yes, sir. I still got one yes. of those. That cigar coop sent me. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I have to say I do find that to be probably my favorite all-around uh, brand of Dominican cigars or mark of Dominican cigars right now. Quesada or the España? The or España. This? Yeah, I like it pretty well, too. I don't know that I'd say favorite, but I, I do like the España. Mm-mm. Actually, Officer Paul, years ago, several years ago, like two, three years ago, sent me some España Robustos, sent a couple of those, and that was really the first time I'd probably even ever smoked that cigar, and I just loved it, and I've picked them up a number of times since. At one of Colin Ganley's uh, trips in six years ago, Early January 2010. Wow. Before the Espana was ever uh, commercially released, it was being manufactured for the Spanish market. Or so they said. I mean, I never really knew if it sold in Spain or not. Um, and so we toured the Espana, uh, the Espana, the Quesada factory, um, which is not Quesada. It's uh, what the heck is that factory called? Uh, Matasa. Thank you, Matasa. Um, <clears throat> and so we tasted that cigar just at a uh, an informal tasting event with Manolo Casada, um, and it just it just blew us all out of the water. It was the robusto, an unbanded robusto pre-release version, just stunned us. It stunned us without question. And um, no, maybe it was 2011. Yeah, maybe it was five years ago. Excuse me, just about five years ago. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, so I, I was 
enamored with those. I had a son who was born uh, in second quarter 2011, and I made sure that the second those cigars hit American shores, I uh, I picked up a couple boxes of those to celebrate his birth. So I had a box of Robustos, and I believe I followed that up with a box of Coronas, and uh, I'll light one of those up every year for his birth. So I've got a couple of those boxes. I really enjoy that. And man, oh man, the the Espanias are not to be missed. I agree. And I'm pretty sure that every time we have an announcement about them, I share the same stories, but they're just that enjoyable. (laughs) Probably, but my memory sucks, so I I wouldn't know. All right. Well, you know, I'm just telling it for Kip's amusement. That's that's how we're doing here. Nobody, the thousands of people don't download this podcast. No, 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 no. No. Not if not if I don't get around to posting some. I'm a month behind. <laughs> well, that's all right. I, I don't remember the last time I posted one, so I guess you're in the clear. <laughs> well, let's see. We got a story that may be a little more specifically up your alley. A couple of new Cuban releases coming down the, the road and some regional editions. One is for Italy. The La Excepcion is being expanded to a second size. And uh, it's going to be a 5 by 48 Actually, both of these are. And this one's going to retail for just over 16 U.S. dollars in the equivalent euros. Um, but as I understand it, what I read says you actually pretty much have to go to Italy or send somebody to Italy to get them. They won't ship them out of the country. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, The... Retail price on these is three hundred and seventy-five euro for a box. So that's that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of money. That's even more than uh, uh, than what we were what you're talking about there at sixteen bucks a stick. Um, plus, if you're going to find someone to get them out of Italy, there's a, a La Casa in Milan and there's a La Casa in Rome. If somehow you have an arrangement with either of those two guys, you can expect to, to pay another. 50, 60 bucks a box to ship those. Um, I believe it's actually, now someone can absolutely correct me on this, but I believe it's actually illegal to ship tobacco through Italian mail. Um, Oh, really? I believe that is the case, yes. Um, But uh, I have a very nice friend of mine through a, a, a message board who's offered me boxes he'd be willing to take some boxes out of the country and mail them to me and uh, I said oh thank you so much that's amazing of you I am not spending $500 a box thank you very much <laughs> so I uh, I I don't think that there's going to be very many of these seen in uh, these here parts or very many other locations besides the immediate vicinity in Europe yeah but but, you know, it uh, it certainly is one of those cigars. The La Excepcions have been incredibly well-reviewed. I, I There's a Facebook group, mostly Europeans, um, in this Facebook group that has talked about the best regional release cigars they've smoked this year. And uh, the current La Excepcion, I believe was that was released in 2014, is the, the 
odds-on favorite for best cigar of the year that uh, these gentlemen have have partaken in. So it's it's a, it's a big announcement in terms of Cuba. Uh, these cigars have really got a heck of a reputation to them. Yeah, that that price is sixteen thirty-eight in U.S. dollars per cigar. That no that joke, was... three seventy-five euro. Yeah, three seventy-five. What's the exchange? Uh, one point zero nine two zero seven U.S. dollars per euro. Holy cow! I thought the exchange was still one and a third. I didn't realize it was almost one to one. Wow. Xe. Dot com currency converter. Well, there you go. That uh, I just saved shipping. Boom. <laughs> You're losing money if you don't get some of those. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man, let's see that. Uh, let's see that exchange rate go the opposite direction. <laughs> a euro ten, a dollar. Come on, baby. <laughs> and let's see. There's another uh, regional edition coming out of Cuba for France. Uh, in the form of the K d'Orsay Robusto Diplomatico, which is <laughs> the name alone has two different languages in it. Um, <laughs> this is also coming in a 5x48 Vitola. I don't recall the name. I'm sure you do. Uh, Hermosos or something like that. Hermoso number four. Yeah. There you go. And this one's going to retail a little bit cheaper, at, at roughly at the equivalent of 14 US dollars. Um, are, are you excited about these or you don't care? You think something special? I always love to know what you're thinking about. these. Well, two I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't really buy boxes of cigars anymore. I mean, we've kind of talked about this. My box purchases are so few and far between, um, just because of, of, budgeting i mean saving for college for two kids and retirement for myself and house repairs i mean it's the same story that everybody has you know you you prioritize how much money and effort you're going to make towards uh hobbies and how much money and effort you're going to make towards existence mm -hmm. and uh as intriguing as i would be by k d'orsay and the la exception um k d'orsay is one of my favorite uh blends they're just they're spectacular. I think we've smoked a K. D'Orsay Imperial early yes. on in the show. We did. Um, and uh, the La Excepcion with the rave reviews that the couple Excepcion releases recently have had, I'd love to have those. But it's just, you know, it's just not in the cards. For 16 bucks a stick, let me, let me put it to you this way. When I was buying cigars, I could buy a box of Petite Coronas for 125 bucks shipped. That's it's five dollars a cigar for a Petite Corona, which lasts darn near as long as a Robusto for me. Mm -hmm. So, for me to say I wanna, I wanna essentially buy eight cigars for the price of a box. Um, which are going to take as the exact same amount of time to smoke, and those petite coronas would be in the blend of my choosing, be it a Monte Cristo Four or a Ramona Ramona Petit Corona or Cohiba Siglo Two. Though the Cohibas are more expensive, you get the point. It just that is where my prioritization would be, um, because I I. Uh, but just where it would be, the prices have just skyrocketed recently with the 
um, regional edition uh, releases. And I'm, I'm just blown away by the constant, 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 constant um, interest in these regional releases. Just many multiples a year, and people just go gaga over them. I, I have a friend who's trying to collect, he, and he's very close. He's within probably four or five cigars of having every single regional. And it's so much work. I mean, there's a, there's a Ramon Ionis release that just released to Israel. I mean, how often do you travel to Israel? Do people travel to Israel? One, and how many La Casas are there um, in Israel that are going to ship around the world? And how easy do we think it would be to get packages shipped from the Middle East, you know, into America when it's contraband goods? You know, it just seems like it just seems like it's it's a little crazy, but. Man, oh man, people go gaga over it. You you want what you can't have, and it certainly seems like that's been the case. Yeah, it's nutty, man. Well, I'm wearing out the Google tonight, but uh, the K Dorsey Imperiales that we smoked was in episode 38. There you go, darn near a hundred weeks ago. Yeah, dang, that's right. Yeah. It probably has been more than that since we've been on the bi-weekly schedule for a while. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, let's see what else we got here. Oh, our Chohui gentleman of the hour, Victor Nicholas, uh, who we've talked about several times recently, um, put up a picture, and he'd already shown me this, but I've not had the chance to smoke one of these, but I'm anxious to. Uh, of a new Vitola he's adding to the Dos Siete Siete lineup, the Longsdale. And I have not seen him again since the last one I went to is, is the factory he uses and hung out with him that day. <laughs> he has spelled it that way consistently every time. So knowing that he named his Robusto the Rogusto, which is a combination of Robusto and Gusto to like or really enjoy something. I'm guessing he did purposefully name it the Longsdale, which is pretty funny, pretty cool. And it's mm-hmm. a six and a half by 46, which is just a wonderful size for me. I, I like that. I like that. I know you like the 42, 44 kind of thing, but that's right mm-hmm. in my alley. This one should be out well, sometime in the next couple of months. So I'm going to be anxiously awaiting that. And I'm, I'm enjoying the Rogusto. I've had a couple more this past week before my head froze over. Well, it, uh, the, I've heard a lot of chatter about Chowi recently with uh, a review going up on, actually today, uh, with a review going up on Half Wheel uh, yesterday or this morning. Um, <clears throat> and then the, Release party of the Dose Seven Seven. Uh, there's been a, a little bit to chatter about that brand, so I'm uh, I'm interested to see what 2016 brings for the overall um, acceptance of that into the American market. Yeah, that uh, premier edition, which was has this long gone ish. <laughs> supposedly long gone that he put a picture up that he found a, a wheel of them at the factory um, 
which doesn't do any of us consumers any good, but he's got it for you now. Um, but I think when that thing, the reviews on it were just spectacular. I haven't smoked that one. They were going, and he found those after right, I last saw him. But I was looking. Yeah, half of the guys gave it a 93, uh, Cigar Jukebox a 91. Those were probably the only two reviews out there, actually. Hmm. <clears throat> Who was the second reviewer? Uh, Cigar Jukebox, Dave Burke. Oh, uh, yeah. Down in Australia. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Hmm. Well, very cool. The uh, the next item in our notes is uh, kind of a continuation of something we talked about. I think it was either on our last show or perhaps two ago, and that was the Cigars Limited Winter Cigar Auction, having uh, picked up the mantle five, six, seven years ago after uh, auction house Christie's decided to no longer be auctioning off uh, vintage and collectible tobacco products. Um, the winter auction went off on Monday, the 30th, uh, to rousing success, it seemed. Uh, there's, I, I've seen two values of the amount of um, <clears throat> the amount of sales that took place: seven hundred eighty thousand dollars, and <clears throat> um, a little over a million in sales. That is an incredible uh, gross intake um, for these auctions. It just is shocking. Some items of note. It seems Dunhill, the Dunhill market is just still exploding. Um, half wheel was half wheel was uh, compensated to cover the event, um, and they make note that. Uh, let me see what the specific comment is. The Dunhill lots sold at an average of nearly double the estimated price. Um, all of the Dunhill lots. That's that's crazy. The Dunhills themselves took in over $30,000. Whereas on the opposite end of the spectrum, cigars that are often held in the, a very same or very similar uh, accord, the Davidoffs did not take in the, uh, <clears throat> or did not show the same <clears throat> excuse me, um, interest that uh, the Dunhills had. So those are some interesting aspects to consider. Now the big marquee um, item for sale here was uh, a humidor of pre-embargo Romeo and Julieta Invincibles, and that sold for $45,000. The 250-count count cabinet, excuse me, intact. It's uh, That is a shocking price, but an absolutely gorgeous, uh, without question, an absolutely gorgeous presentation for uh, a pre-embargo product. I've never seen anything like it, but at well over a thousand dollars a cigar, that's uh, oh, no, a hundred dollars a cigar. Excuse yeah, me, hundred eighty. Yeah, well over a hundred dollars a cigar. That's that's quite the investment for something you probably are never going to smoke. Yeah, the value is in its intact nature. <laughs> but what lots of other little things too. Um, you know, if you were if you were at all perusing the online. Um, the online uh, docket for this um, auction. You may have seen that there were a lot of 
lower priced or anticipated lower priced items. Um, and one comment that uh, Half Wheel made was a cabinet of 50 Hoya de Monterey double Coronas from 1998, 17 years old, sold for $600. So that right there, I mean, quite frankly, especially if you're going to purchase those cigars in Britain, that's under current market value. So there, with any auction, there were certainly some deals to be had. Now, perhaps at uh, personal inspection of the cigars, you may have noticed that uh, some of them, some of these double Coronas may not have been um, in ideal condition. Who knows, for those of us who are not there, who knows what uh, condition those cigars were in. But, you know, if you're, if you're a, a sleuthy bidder, you can certainly find some, uh, find some deals over time. A friend of mine I know bought a box of 94 Ramoniones Gigantes, which is a double Corona. Um, and he bought those for <clears throat> a very similar price a few years back which is just unheard of. Gigantes are, or Gigantes, I don't know exactly how that's pronounced. Um, Gigantes. Gigantes, okay. Are uh, a rare cigar to begin with, let alone putting them before the big 1995 blend change. Um, and, you know, just looking at them with darn near 20 years of age when he acquired them, it was uh, a shocking get. But, you know, you... Uh, you look for the the good deals, and they can be found from time to time. So uh, another item of note is the next of these auctions looks to be online only, and that uh, I believe is taking place at the beginning of March, I think. No, February 28th of next year. So you don't have to wait too long for the next one to come through. Cool. Well, I guess yeah. cool. I won't be buying anything, but still be watching <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should yeah. put that on television like the car auctions. Oh, I love me some. Those are so, so cool to watch. <clears throat> I can watch for about two or three cars, and then I'm done. I can't sit here and watch that. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. It's not like it's something I want to go eat a bunch of popcorn to for a few hours. but Yeah, like just... golf or baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's neat to see some of those things that you'll otherwise never see. I, I'm a fan of window shopping, and uh, you know this auction for me was the perfect thing for me to window shop at. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm anxious to see what your speculation is on this last item because I'm clueless. <clears throat> um, I'm putting the notes for reasons that aren't all entirely clear to me or clear at all to me the <laughs> FDA has reopened the comment period for their upcoming proposed regulations uh, concern, concerning cigars is what we've been talking about for over a year um, they, they've extended the period I guess a uh, petition was made a complaint what have you that the existing 60 day time period was not long enough um for comments on this, there was another item had comments open for months, um, but it it has it now been reopened for 30 more days, going through December 30th, and I will put a link in the forum um, this week uh, for anybody that wants to go and make their comments. I'm looking there at the page now. There have been 57 comments received so far in the first three days. Which ain't just a whole lot. No, it's not. And um, 
I checked yesterday evening or no, maybe it was this morning. I think it had had two days of comments um, thus far. And I was shocked by how few there were. There were 30 some 32 at that point. Um, I think that this really has uh, not had the fanfare, not had the exposure that some of the earlier <clears throat> opportunities have had or, or discussions have had. We really need to get the word out. I mean, literally getting the word out by going to your local brick and mortar and saying, Hey, um, proprietor, are you aware that this is happening? Will you pass the information along to your, your regulars? Because this is something we all need to band together for. And I know we've said that for months and months and months, but this is a last ditch effort. And the only reason why this is occurring to me is because someone said, FDA, you can't do what you want to do to cigars. This is ridiculous. Meaning to me, again, I feel that there was some political motivation. There has to be some political reasoning here. Does it have anything to do with the supposed leak of a few weeks back? Does it have anything to do with the um, executive branch leaning on the FDA slightly? That rumor that went around that the the <clears throat> um, the presidential subcommittee, or I, I forget the exact term of it, um, had made some recommendations to the FDA essentially citing, let's say, um, or alluding to the fact that they supported the second option. Um, I, I see this as somebody saying, look... You have one last chance, cigar smokers, because the FDA and some government uh, agency are not seeing eye to eye. So we need to take advantage of this opportunity to try to sway them to not move forward with option one, killing essentially um, any limited cigar, any free sample, anything that we've talked about, any of the, the newer brands that have been out there introduced in just the past few years. We, we need to fight against this, and it is your responsibility. Or you know what? Sell your humidor. Because if you don't care enough about it to do something about it, I, I, I don't know why you even participate in the hobby. You know, like, it's just one of those things. If, if you care about it and if you enjoy it, are you willing to just get rid of it? Or are you willing to fight for it for 35 seconds by typing a few words into a, a website? It. It just seems so crazy. And if you go to that website, there are opportunities to send in a written letter. You can do that as well. Um, <clears throat> though, if you're going to be online to go to the website to find the location for the address, you might as well just type your written letter into <clears throat> the link that's provided there. But either way, um, <clears throat> we need to get on this. There had to have been some abnormal snafu discussion secondary attempt and we need to take advantage of it yeah so what's yeah yep 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 there's nothing new well i can tell i've been stressed out a little bit by that i think i've herfed down another half an inch of this cigar just when we were talking about that for five minutes yeah it was actually time to talk about the cigar well i uh have got no problem (laughs) vicariously through you I'll tell you what, my my biggest impression on this is that that nutty flavor is now accompanied by a very strong, very pleasant cedar flavor. The aroma of cedar is just, it's a beautiful flavor in this now. Um, 
it's not as palate coating as it was initially. The nutty flavor isn't as fatty or oily tasting, um, but it's definitely there. It's just slightly sweet, and it really has picked up that cedary flavor as I'm in the middle of the second third. I really enjoy it. Cool. I uh, wish I could say the same, but I'm not too <laughs> Wine, wine, wine. <laughs> Man, you have no idea. When I have a head cold and I can't taste my food and I can't smoke cigars because it does me no good since I can't taste them, then I'm, I'm irritable. <laughs> I, I have irritable bowel syndrome. I become an irritable bowel. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the video that Ian... Um, <clears throat> put up in the chat or in the uh, forum a month or so ago about what it's like to be a man with a cold. <clears throat> I don't think I did. I don't remember. Oh, it's so funny. It was this British minute long video. This guy's laying on a couch and he's got a cold and he's just, he's complaining to his wife and he's really, really sick. And you can kind of tell that she's got just a little bit of a sniffle as well. And in comes this, uh, this like paramedic team. And uh, they, they come up to him. Oh, this is, it's, you're in dire need. You need assistance. And so the paramedic team is comforting him and they, they tell the, the wife or girlfriend, all right, this is what you need to do. You need to be there at his every whim, no matter what. You need to comfort him and, and rub his shoulders and do everything you can. And she's like, but I'm sick too. We have the exact same thing. What? Why do I need to do all this for him? And the paramedics just give this chick the dirtiest, meanest, nastiest look and say, he has man disease. You need to take care of him. This is ridiculous. Are, are you so selfish that you care about yourself when you're sick and, he's, and he is too? You need to take care of him. You have no idea what it's like to be a whiny man when you're sick. Oh, it was the funniest, stupidest. Oh, I I love the video. <clears throat> I recommend anybody goes up to our forum and checks it out. Not with their wife. We don't <laughs> need to let them know that we poke fun at ourselves. But it's it's classic. <laughs> very very cool. Uh, sounds like I gotta go dig that up. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was on the forum. Maybe, maybe Facebook, but I don't think so. <laughs> It's somewhere out there in the cosmos. Well, since you, uh, since you aren't smoking now, you want to talk a little bit about what you have smoked this week? Yeah, I, uh, I ended up with one on there. I had another, but I didn't get around to putting any notes in there. I may save it for next week. Um, but uh, I believe Jay Ledoux sent this. Um, there were three outlaw cigars uh which I believe is based out there somewhere near Kansas City. And that's how I'm that's correct. I'm guessing that he is the person that sent it because when the care package showed up, some of them had been combined for shipping uh, through my friend so she could make it fit into the humidor to carry it. Um, that makes sense. Okay. So I didn't know exactly who sent which. But I had, uh, last week, I had the Drifter. The Outlaw Cigars Gunslinger oh, yeah. Drifter. And this is a, it's an A.J. Fernandez produced cigar. And it kind of has his fingerprints on it, has his signature, but not really 
um, intensely. It's not a cigar I would have lit and said, you know what, this is this is AJ Fernandez, and there's no other way about it. Um, but it, so so in that sense, it wasn't what I would call typical or maybe prototypical AJ Fernandez. But you can see his fingerprints on it, especially knowing that he's the guy behind it. Um, mm. But in comparison to a lot of his other blends that that maybe have a little edge or a bit of a bite to them, you know, the the blend is a little bit sharp sometimes in in, in his work. And I didn't find this that way at all. It was much more sedated. It, it was really nutty, and it, it at times had some earthiness that kind of gave it a, a, a sweet character, which was odd in a good way. It was, it was enjoyable. The construction was flawless. I, I really dug that, <coughs> excuse me, dug that cigar a lot. I thought it was really good. I don't know what these run for, but uh, it, it was a dang good cigar. You know, I, I saw something recently about those gunslingers, and it was a surprisingly positive review as well, and I didn't Having never heard of them, um, <clears throat> and then seeing today that you had this in here, and then re- recalling that other uh, review that I read, it makes me a little more curious. I, I had just essentially uh, lumped them in my head with some of the other um, bundle cigars that we had seen uh, recently, but I, I don't. I'm guessing this isn't uh, bundle quality. That's, that's no. I mean, pretty po- positive thoughts on it. I know very little about them. I mean, Outlaw Cigars is a big operation out there, yeah. but they're in a part of the country that I never visit for frequent, so I don't really know much about them outside of pictures of events there where they brought in <laughs> helicopters and motorcycles. and They yeah. apparently have massive cigar events. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe at all I would put this into the group of just another bundled cigar. Um the construction and the quality of the leaf was was very good. The packaging it was the the bands were nicely done. There was nothing cheesy or chintzy about them. I, I mean, it was a good. I'm I'm trying to find here. It looks like they go for about seven bucks a stick. Hmm. Not a bundle. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I. Uh... I had a new cigar for me this week. <clears throat> oh, wait, time out. I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this these gunslingers are available elsewhere. I thought it was just coming out of that shop, but you can buy these all over the place. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. There you go. Okay, sorry. No, it's a public service announcement. I will always yield. <laughs> um... So the uh, the cigar that I wanted to talk about this week is the Warped La, La Comena, uh, the number 36. So you'll know this, um, or excuse me, I, I know this is just a slighter version of a Lugito number two, which is that uh, typical 6x38 short Lancero. Um, but this bad boy is a 6x36, and it is a powerhouse to me. Um is that why it's named La Comena? Isn't Colmena the hive or something? Yes, yeah, the beehive. Oh, well, there you go. Um, it's it's sharp and flavorful, and maybe to go along with that uh, theme, it's slightly stinging. Um, 
and it has a ton of smoke production and an absolutely terrific draw. Really cool construction note on this. It had a closed foot, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a closed foot like I've seen previously. This was a closed foot in that I could not see how it had actually been closed. It was just, it was rolled, rolled, rolled. And then it was like someone took the, the end after the cigar had been rolled and then kind of tucked it in under the wrapper. So it was like locked. It was, it was um, a closed foot that had been, I don't know, rolled over itself. It was, it was locked in and you could not open up that foot without burning it. Um, and it was tight to the bottom of the cut foot as well. It was really interesting. Um, it, it was, I, I don't know. It's a cigar to me that if you look up anything about it online, you find a lot of marketing speak. You know, you, you hear a lot about the, oh, it's made with or made by all level nine Cuban rollers in the style of old Cuban cigars and or old Cuban um, cigar rollers having made their own personal blend, yada, yada, yada. Um, I mean, it just seemed like a lot of, of rhetoric. Um, and so before I smoked it, I was a little, not apprehensive, but just, I was turned off on the experience. I had heard a lot about the warped sticks uh, or the La Comana sticks. Um, and some of warped other stuff to the, uh, La Osa, I think is, is a warped product. Um, uh, and, and I was pleasantly surprised. I, I'm not usually one who enjoys a really powerhouse type cigar. This had a decent amount of nicotine to it and the sharpness to it. Um, it was an approachable flavor, but it had that sharpness, not so much like Connecticut sharpness, but like perhaps it was purposefully slightly under, um, uh, under, um, Oh my goodness. Processed. Like it just had an edge to it. Um, but I found that edge to be balanced and working with the flavors in the cigar. Um, it's in your face enough to please a seasoned smoker who knows that that's not an extremely common way that a, uh, a blend comes across, but approachable enough and to slightly make a newbie turn green. Um, I, I really think you could give this to a new smoker and the flavor wouldn't be intimidating right away. They would just go, Ooh, ah, Wow. Why am I seeing three of everything, you know? Um, and I enjoyed the mild sweetness in the first third and then the blossoming depth as the cigar progressed. But I will say the absolute worst part of the experience for me was that the room aroma smelled of pot. <laughs> it, it was it was so detracting. And, you know, there are some – I've smelled some marijuana that actually has a very beautiful, unique floral and herbal aroma to it. This wasn't that. This was <laughs> cheap, crappy, you know, at a concert and the guy three spots down from you is smoking something that you don't you wouldn't even put in your pocket, let alone in your lungs. So it just it just had a very, very acrid, almost skunk like room aroma. I did not like that at all. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> It was just bad on the aroma. The cigar itself, very good. Room aroma, very bad. <laughs> well, I guess you can smoke it in the wind, outdoors. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> or with the window down in the car or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I went back and uh, dug up a little more. Man, I, I tell you, I'm wearing out the Google tonight. Um, Kurt Kendall, who is the uh, – not Kurt Kendall, Kendall Culbertson. I always do that. Uh, the owner of um, – Outlaw Cigars, the shop, and the people behind the cigar I just talked about. He uh, he actually said specifically in a note that um, <clears throat> all the credit goes to A.J. Fernandez for having such great tobaccos, but not in the blending of the cigar. He does all the blending himself. Hmm. So he created the blend. So there you have it. Uh, very interesting. Hmm. Well, that uh, that probably concludes our announcements and cigars of the week and uh, information to share with everybody. What do you say? Yeah, it looks like so. Looks well, like so. <laughs> I uh, I will close out this <clears throat> um, Asylum ninety nine problems. Um, nah, you know, I was gonna make the the pun based on the Jay Z song, but I, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> This was a good cigar. I've enjoyed it. It burned very well. I did have the slight combustion issue. Um, I, As I took off the wrapper leaf on this, I absolutely have to um, support my theory in the beginning that this Abano leaf um, had to have been extremely processed to get this texture and color and uniformity. And I think that's correct. I really did not even sense when the wrapper started burning again. I did not think that the wrapper had a lot of flavors to this whatsoever, which is, I would say, a very unique thing for Lancero. Yeah, I agree. Um, I took off the wrapper at part of it, and I even took off the binder and was just smoking about a quarter inch, three-eighths of an inch of the filler, and found that to be incredibly flavorful. So this was a, a good cigar with... Um, a very nice, enjoyable blend that I would absolutely smoke again, especially for seven bucks. This is a good stick if you like Lanceros. Yeah, but you, you may see them again. I don't know. They've they've been gone for a while everywhere I've seen. Well, at a couple years old, it still definitely has um, some uh, slight. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, it still has some slight nasal napalm to it. Uh, nothing that is unappealing or, you know, uh, um, instilling uh, tears to, to to drop from my ducts. But it's it's a good cigar. As it continues on, the nuttiness does kind of wane slightly. Um, the cedar flavor, which was present in the second third, is not as prominent in the final third. I don't know. It hasn't been too terribly long since we uh, uh, had our last discussion about it, but the cigar burns a little bit quick, which I'm not surprised. Thinner cigars like this oftentimes can uh, uh, be blended without Lajero or at least very little Lajero. So mm, combustion uh, progressed a little quickly. The flavor does have that kind of depth, slightly um, espresso um, uh, kind of brewing espresso, like a coffee aroma to the flavor, a little bit more than the flavor of coffee, of drinking coffee. I like it. Um, 
I think I mentioned this as we were recording and not prior to, but I'd only had the schizo lines from Asylum um, with any regularity. I had a few of those over summer, and I definitely liked this more than that and uh, would totally reach for it again or enjoy it if I was given one. But um, hmm. to steal a term from Will Cooper, I'd say this is fiber worthy. <laughs> Let's see. I think that kind of wraps us up. Are we ready to put this one in the can? Yeah, let's do it. An hour and 15, not too terribly uh, long of a show, but for only one of us smoking and and uh, uh, no additional discussion on uh, processing and fermentation tonight, I think that it's about time we close a little early. All righty then. Well, everyone, if you tune back in next time around in a couple of weeks for episode 133, we will be smoking the Bolivar Libertador. Is yes, that region, we will. Regional edition for France. Francia. Um, one of Craig's supplied cigars. I'm sorry, I can't get my scatterbrain together. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, well, whenever you're tuning in, because we're off night and not exactly a heavy amount of traffic in the chat room tonight. But in the meantime, if you'd like to get a hold of us, at Kip at halfashed.com or Craig at halfashed.com. Uh, and if probably the month of December, if you want to submit an unbanded, you can. Uh, Send that to actually email Craig and uh, he'll hook you up with an address to send that to. I have a visitor coming down in January who has willing has willing has generously offered his services of muling cigars down. So <clears throat> got a couple of weeks left for that, and you can always find us at uh, on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, and of course our forum at halfhashed.com where we post all kinds of fun and exciting or at least somewhat amusing stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I, <clears throat> as always, want to make sure that everyone knows how much we appreciate you tuning in, giving us a little bit of your time here and uh, on uh, whatever, whenever it is that you've uh, chosen to give to us, we appreciate it. We enjoy it. Hope you have enjoyed it as well and want to make sure that we leave everybody with a little bit of a positive thought heading out. Folks, we we do this for ourselves, but I'll tell you what, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to, uh, to change around life schedules and to do random things knowing that people appreciate it. So thank you. And uh, echoing that, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.